You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the conservative crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in here on the Red Future Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in this Friday, May 27th, 2022. And we have some more news about that shooting in Uvalde, Texas that happened on, was it Wednesday, I believe? Wednesday or Tuesday. Also, Chuck Schumer blocks a Senate GOP school safety bill. The Ohio Supreme Court again invalidates the redistricting map. And the World Economic Forum Press Freedom Panel calls for suppression of hate speech. What do they consider hate speech? That's my question for them today. We'll get into all that today on the Conservative Crusader. But first, the Uvalde mass shooter was not confronted by police before he entered the school. The 18-year-old gunman who killed 21 people at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, was not confronted by police before he entered the school. A Texas law enforcement official said Thursday, contradicting earlier comments from authorities and raising further questions about the police's response to the massacre. He walked in unobstructed initially, as did the Texas Department of Public Safety, Regional Director Victor uh, Escalon. So from the grandmother's house to the ditch to the school, into the school, he was not confronted by anybody. A DPS representative on Wednesday said a school resource officer had engaged with a suspect before he went into the school. That was on Wednesday. Today's story is a little different. Escalon's comments came in a news conference that added further confusion to the timeline of Tuesday's horrific shooting that left 19, and two, 19 children and two teachers dead. The massacre marked the deadliest U.S. school shooting in nearly a decade and was at least the 30th school shooting at a K-12 school in 2022. It has, yet, and it has thrown the nation where an active shooter attacked gun more than 50% last year, uh, jumped more than 50% last year, and again into a fury of anger and relief amid renewed calls for gun law reform. I support the police. I back the blue, I have the blue li- the, the thin blue line flag. But if the police aren't going to do their jobs, why do they get the funding? Why will the the the, the police who may have a risk of, of being shot at that's part of the territory of responding to a school shooting, why would they not go into the building? Why would they not respond to the crash or respond to the, the call of the the grandmother who called the 911 for being shot in the face? Why did none of that happen? What's going on in the Uvalde, Texas Police Department that caused a severe lack of, of responsibility for refusing to respond to this much-needed-a-response-to crisis? I mean, these were 19 kids that died. It's not like it was a someone stuck a piece of mulch up their nose at the playground or something. No, this was 19 children that died. It was a needed response. And they refused to go inside. They refused to make sure that everything was okay and try to go in and disarm the police department. Or disarm the, the shooting, I'm sorry. Disarm the shooter. It was preventable. The crisis here maybe not have been entirely preventable but had there been a school resource officer on the ground a, a, a an armed police officer an armed security guard on the ground this might not have been so bad so this clip i haven't watched yet it is the 
the Texas Department of Public Safety uh, Lieutenant Chris Oliveres. I haven't listened to this clip yet, but it, it was on CNN. Supposedly where this story came from, uh, play clip. Well, was it a mistake, do you, do you believe, uh, Lieutenant, for the officers on the scene who were there, as you correctly point out, to wait for this second tactical team to arrive before fully pushing into that school and neutralizing the gunman? So what we do know, uh, Wolf, is that there was multiple officers that arrived on scene. There was three officers that arrived. They made entry um, at one of the entrances where the gunman actually made entrance to. We had other another four officers that made uh, entry at the other entrance of the school. So there was officers inside that school. As they were taking gunfire, they were also calling in for reinforcement, uh, backup, tactical teams, uh, snipers, any additional personnel that could arrive to assist to not only with, to, with the situation, but also to assist and evacuating uh, students and teachers. At that time, that's when a U.S. Border Patrol a tactical officer arrived, also with a Zavala County Sheriff's deputy, as well as two additional uh, Uvalde Police Department officers were able to go into that classroom uh, with a ballistic shield as cover. And, of course, we know that one of those officers, an agent actually, was, uh, was shot, uh, was grazed on the top of the head, but they were able to shoot and kill the suspect and pre- preserve any other life. We know that there was other injured children inside that classroom that they were able to save as well and get them to and get them to cover. And at that point, it became a recovery process, a rescue operation, trying to rescue the injured and also any other potential children or teachers that were inside those classrooms. But don't current the best practices, Lieutenant, call for officers to disable a shooter as quickly as possible, regardless of how many officers are actually on site. Correct. The active shooter situation, you want to stop the killing, you want to preserve life. But also, one thing that, of course, the American people need to understand is that officers are making entry into this building. Uh, they do not know where the gunman is. Uh, they are hearing gunshots. They are they are receiving gunshots. At that point, if they if they proceeded any further, not knowing where this suspect was at, um, they could have been shot. They could have been killed. And at that point, that gunman would have the opportunity to kill other people inside that school. So they were able to contain that gunman inside that classroom uh, so that he was not able to go to any other portions of the school to commit any other killings if you are a police officer responding to a mass shooting at a school and you don't go inside because you're afraid of being shot you don't go in further because you're afraid of being shot you have blood on your hands it is the job of the police officers to disarm and neutralize the threat that is their job When you're in that position, you need to put your life behind the lives of these civilians that you are sworn to protect. Do I hope that police officers die? Absolutely not. But I do know that in this scenario where the police were, were needing to respond to this threat, it was, a, it was a mistake not to go in and not to engage. I've never been in that scenario. I hope I never am in that scenario. But I do know that's the job of the police officers. That's the job of the security. That's the job of the sheriffs and, and the border patrol, which the border patrol is the people who, who killed the, the suspect. That is their job. 
You need to go in and disengage. You need to go in and stop this from going further, to stop this from from attacking more children. You have to stop it. It has to stop. That's their job. You did not do your job, police officers. You did not fully protect your citizens you were sworn to protect. And I show severe disapproval for that. But we are going to move on here on the Conservative Crusader on the Red Feature Radio Network because Chuck Schumer blocks the Senate Republican school safety bill, angering Republicans. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on Wednesday blocked a school safety bill that had Republicans crying foul after the horrific mass shooting at a Uvalde, Texas elementary school that killed 19 children and two teachers. Senators Ron Johnson asked for the Luke and Alex School Safety Act to be passed by unanimous consent. The bill, named after the Parkland, Florida shooting victims at Luke Hoyer and Alex Scherster, uh, would require the Department of Homeland Security to establish a federal clearinghouse on school public safety practices um, for use by state and local education law enforcement agencies, institutions of higher education, health professionals, and the public, and would require DHS to collect clearinghouse data analytics, use user feedback on the implementation of the best practices and recommendations identified by the clearinghouse and any evaluations conducted by these best practices or recommendations. That doesn't sound like a bad bill to me. That bill sounds like it will save lives to me. But that's just me. The clearinghouse, which already passed, which is already available at schoolsafety.gov, will be codified into law with the bill's passage. Schumer objected to Johnson's request, claiming on Twitter that he could the bill could see more guns in schools. The truth, there were officers at the school in Texas. The shooter got past them. We need real solutions. We will vote on gun legislation starting with the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act. They refuse to find solutions. They refuse to allow solutions to be heard. Taking the guns from legal gun owners will not stop gun crime. Putting up more artificial roadblocks to purchase firearms will not stop gun crime. This bill would have saved lives. Would have, would have saved saved lives. Not surprising that the Democrat leader would lie about the bill he blocked by parents of Parkland victims that parents of Parkland victims have been trying to pass for years. Dems aren't looking for solutions. They want to wedge issues that will they hope will keep them in power. That is the side that we're, we're fighting against. And I, I, I don't want to make this political, and I say it every day, but it's, it's hard with today's political climate not to make everything political. But when the Democratic Party, when the left is blocking bills that will protect students' lives, that will protect the students in this classroom, that should be disqualifying. Just like the police officers not responding, just like the police officers not actually engaging should be disqualifying, this should as well. I find a major problem with this, with Chuck Schumer not passing this bill. Rick Scott, who co-sponsored the bill, this was a bill I worked on with the parents of the Parkland victims. It was named after them, you are a liar and a hack. Schumer blocked a bipartisan bill that makes the school safety clearinghouse at schoolsafety.gov permanent because radical left-wing activists oppose it, is what Marco Rubio said, who also co-sponsored. 
the Senate is set to vote Thursday on whether to advance the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act, which passed the House last week after the Buffalo mass shooting that killed 10 people. That bill would require the domestic terrorism component to the DHS, Department of Justice, and Federal Bureau of, Ed- of Investigation, the FBI, to jointly report on domestic terrorism as well as create an interrogency act force to analyze and combat white supremacist and neo-Nazi infiltration on the uniformed services of federal law enforcement agencies. And there we go. There we have the Democrat Party showing their true colors because it's all politics to them. White supremacy is not a major problem in 2022 America. Neo-Nazis are a such small fringe of the society, it won't affect the majority of people. But the bill that will protect students in the classroom, such as the the Luke and Alex bill, the Luke and Alex School Safety Act, they refuse to they refuse to pass it. They refuse to give it a hearing. Remember this in November. When you have to choose between putting a box next to a left wing radical Raphael Warnock or a or a Republican Herschel Walker. Remember that when you look at your ballot and you see U.S. Senate or U.S. House with a Democratic name and a Republican name next to them. Not all Republicans are good, and I don't think you should vote for a Republican in every race, and soon we'll be having someone on who will debate me on that and say we shouldn't vote Republican in every race. Can't wait for that. But please remember, please remember this incident when you go to vote in November. Because this bill could have saved lives, but it doesn't fit with the left-wing narrative. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader. Make sure you follow me on social media uh, at GOPJosh20 on Twitter and Instagram at GOPJosh on Facebook, Truth Social, Gab, Getter, Parlor, Telegram. And go to Red Future Radio on Twitter at Red Future Radio, R-E-D-F-U-T-U-R-E-R-A-D-I-O on Twitter. The World Economic Forum's The Press Freedom Panel calls for algorithmic suppression of hate speech according to rumors. Rumors, falsehood, divisions, and hate speech should be suppressed by social media algorithms according to a Freedom of the Press panel at the World Economic Forum in Davos on Thursday. The WEF panel, which was held in collaboration with Time Magazine, said, featured the head of Soros-backed Human Rights Watch, Kenneth Roth, who argued that social media should not focus on banning or overt censorship, but rather on algorithmic manipulation in order to promote content from a subset of society journalists to convey information as carefully as possible to the public. The algorithms are written to promote engagement because engagement is profitable, engagement is more eyeballs, and what is engaging the provocative rumors falsehood, hate speech, and divisiveness. I don't know. I don't focus so much on what should be taken down, the overt censorship, but rather that what is being promoted. If algorithms are promoting information that is in essence false or divisive because it is profitable, I think there is accountability that is quite warranted for these companies. Roth said, "It's funny to me that the George Soros-backed guy, Kenneth Roth, is trying to censor the press because the press and independent media." 
have been the group to call out George Soros the most. The people to call out that side the most. Any sort of algorithmic censorship or or overt censorship, either one, is infringing on your First Amendment rights. The First Amendment does not protect against misinformation. It protects misinformation, actually. Because it's speech. I'm going to read you the First Amendment. Because I like doing this. I I like sourcing the Constitution. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peacefully assemble or to peca- or to, and to, peca- to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. The World Economic Forum, the globalists in the World Economic Forum want to build a one-world government. We both know this, right? Me, me and the person on the other end of these headphones, on the other end of the car speakers listening to this, on the other end of your, your Google Home or your Alexa speaker where you ask them to play the conservative crusader. We both know this, right? The globalists don't like our constitution. And if we create a one-world government with the World Economic Forum with the World Health Organization. I've never met a good organization that had the word word world in their name, by the way. But if we create this one world government, our constitution doesn't apply. The First Amendment doesn't apply. The Second Amendment doesn't apply. And that's their goal, is to take away our God-given rights. They're not government-given rights. They're not rights the government can revoke at any time. They are God-given rights. But they don't care. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They are endowed by their creator. Not by the government, but endowed by their creator. I believe that document, the beginning of the Declaration of Independence is so important that I hang it on my wall. And I know you can't see it very well in the streams or in the, the videos, but when I but I do interviews, that old style American flag hanging on my wall, that's what that is. Because among these rights are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and they are endowed by their creator with these certain unalienable rights. Whatever the WEF says, whatever the WHO says. Your rights are unalienable, unalienable, and they are endowed by your creator. And we can't let them suppress our rights. And one more quick story for the day before I end the broadcast a little bit early. You get get an early start on the three-day weekend, I guess. The World Economic Forum Press Freedom... Oh, I already read that article. Well, I I got off topic and I clicked the wrong article on on my nose. That's embarrassing. The Ohio Supreme Court again invalidates redistricting maps and won't hold the redistricting commission in contempt of court. 
The Ohio Supreme Court on Wednesday rejected a resubmitted legislative redistricting map from the Ohio Redistricting Commission and gave the commission until June 3rd to pass an entirely new map. So if you haven't been following the Ohio redistricting process, they passed a map that was previously rejected by Maureen O'Connor and the Democratic majority. I know we don't really have a Democratic majority, but yes, we do, to be honest. However, the decision likely means a federal court will soon order the Ohio, Ohio to hold an August 2nd legislative primary using the rejected map. So if the federal court hops in, we will still have the late August 2nd primary. Our redistricting, redistricting commission has failed to follow the court order in every aspect of this process. Do I believe the court order is partisan? Yes, I do. I believe that Maureen O'Connor is paid for by the League of Women Voters. She'll probably run for governor in 2026, and she wants to get that, that donation money for her campaign. Marino O'Connor. And that's why she's backing these Democrat proposals to strike down these maps, right? However, the the Supreme Court, or sorry, the, the redistricting commission has to listen to the court. You can't just throw the court out. You can't just toss it out and be like, well, I don't like what they had to say. We're not gonna follow that. You can't do that. So passing the same map twice is embarrassing and it's a disgrace. June 3rd to August 2nd, how many days? That's a 60-day period. That's two months. I believe elections had to be declared 90 days before the actual election. They give 90 day or 60 days for non-incumbents to battle the incumbents in the state legislature, in the state Senate, in the state central committee for the Republican Party, and probably the Democratic Party. I don't know how theirs are structured. 60 days. Is this intentional? Is, is this map battle intentional, now that I'm thinking about it a little more, to protect the rhino incumbents in the state central committees, in the state legislatures, in the state Senate? Is that the goal? Is the goal to protect the rhinos and the people who refuse to act because Mike DeWine expects to be reelected and he wants to have as as rhino-y of a state legislature as possible? He doesn't want to have a state legislature that holds him accountable? Is that the goal? Playing with our election system like they're your dominoes, like they're your board games, as the Secretary of State is doing on the on the board, as the governor is doing on the board, as the representatives are doing on the board, as the board in the entirety is doing, is disgraceful. The maps that were passed the first time, I, I, I supported. But when the Supreme Court strikes them down, you cope. You deal with it. And you make new maps and you try again. You have to try again. And they're having to try again. Unless a federal court will intervene to order Ohio to use those maps. We will find out very soon. Here on the Conservative Crusader, I will bring that to you as soon as I know when it comes to these redistricting maps. But I have a problem. I have, I, I have a problem with this process. 
I have a problem with the newly instituted redistricting process and why it's so complicated and why it's so easy to strike down the maps that you don't support, just like Maureen O'Connor can. I don't like it one bit. And we have to fix it. My name is GOP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network. GOP Josh 20 on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at GOP Josh everywhere else. GOPJosh.com. See you on Tuesday with a brand new episode because I am taking the three-day weekend. Have a great weekend and stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. 